Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties. Pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Yeah, I, and I think it's a really good point that you brought up is that uh, just sometimes just the basic movements, like you said, we, we struggle with that. And we haven't even talked about the shoulder. You know, we we're just talking about just the step count. You know, how do we get it on the feet so we can get an accurate step count? But look at the complexity of the shoulder, um, all the different joints that actually work to help our shoulder move through full motion. There's a complex joint. There's something that at least I know from my perspective, I know it's going to take a long time for research to be able to come out with something that's going to be very accurate. But your point is well taken. We've got to get, we have to get data, reliable data, so that you can start working on the AI, so you can start working on putting together the machine learning, all of that. So then at one day, it's going to be in an app and we can follow the, the rotation of the humerus or we can see how far is the clavicle, the collarbone rotating as this person comes up, well, they fractured their collarbone. So we need to get back, if we can, up to 60 degrees of rotation for full motion. Well, how many degrees do they have? So we know that's still a long way off. Um, we are patient about that because as, uh, as practitioners, we know that's a very complex joint. So if you guys are really looking for something really, really hard to do, go ahead and start working on the shoulder because anytime you guys are ready, we're glad to help. <laughs> No, uh, Jeff, uh, you're absolutely right. That's that's the reason why we did not start with the shoulder because we know how how complex that challenge is. But yeah, your your invite is uh, is more than welcome to actually, you know, we love to work on difficult uh, challenges. But uh, you know, one step at a time. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. The baby steps. We got to start with the baby steps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, you're again. You have a really good point. I think, uh, you know, on one side we're all patients, right? So at the, at one side, on one side, we want to make sure that the device that we develop 
is easy enough to use uh, and uh, doesn't create friction uh, for the user so that uh, What's in it for me, right? If I'm the patient, why should I wear this thing? And how hard is it to wear? And uh, is it comfortable? Is it washable? Is how long does the battery life uh, you know, last? So for <laughs> for this device, because I don't want to constantly recharge it, right? So the challenges are really, really big, uh, no matter how you look at the problem. Um, but then on on the other side, like okay, once once we solve these problems, then we get really meaningful data, and then of course clinicians can actually make sense of this data a lot better than we can. And that's why we need to work with clinicians all the time. Uh, I can give you another example. You know, we, we're working with some of the top optometry experts in the country. When they reached out to us, uh, I honestly had a hard time understanding why they were reaching, reaching out to us, Jeff, because I was like, well, you can't do anything for optometry with our sensors yet. And they explained to us they, we are, that we absolutely can and we will. Uh, and so we're working with them to actually help uh, an optometrist, one of the top optometrists in the country, Dr. William Padula in Connecticut, uh, to prescribe the right yoked prism lenses for people uh, after you know brain injury, uh, traumatic brain injury, right? And I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged. All I can tell you is uh, when I see what he can do, uh, to help a patient that is uh, after a traumatic brain injury walk again, um, we'll do everything we can to help Dr. Padula um, <laughs> because because it's the right thing to do. Uh, is it a huge market? Probably not. Uh, can we help uh, people's lives uh, improve their lives uh, uh, dramatically? Probably yes. So we're gonna we're gonna work with, on those problems um, first. Um, it may not make full sense commercially, but it's the right thing to do. Well, I, I've talked with, with people on my show who have have said the same thing you have. Like, you know, is it going to be valuable commercially? We don't know, but we know we're in it to help people. I'm going to answer that question for you. It will be valuable commercially. You may not see that in the next few years, but from my perspective, when we in the medical field see these products coming out and, and we can then be creative with those products and then other markets will open up. And I can tell you that from experience. Uh, I've been a therapist for nearly 40 years and seeing some of these wearables and I've talked with some companies and I said, hey, have you, have you realized that this particular product could be used? For no, I didn't know that. I said, well, then let's, let's take a look at moving in that direction. And again, it, it's just because we live in different worlds. And the engineering world and the medical world don't always connect. So when it, we can reach out to companies like yours and say, hey, what do you think about adding this to this? And you may step back like you did with the optometrist and say, uh, I don't know. But we can be very persistent on our end. And so, you know, if we push you a little bit, there's a reason why we're doing that. Okay. We, because we see that there's inherent value in it. So I know some of the companies that I work with, uh, they might. And if they're listening tonight, they'll probably laugh, but I have kind of pushed them and, and I've sat down and talked with them and said, you know, we can, we, if you do a few more tweaks here, this could be, this could move into this particular aspect of rehab. And they kind of step and go, gee, it really was kind of nice resting on the laurels that I had, but uh, can I put a few needles underneath you and get you to move off those laurels and let's find another set of laurels to go sit on. And I really think that uh, <laughs> kudos to your company again. 
because you're doing that. You're you're not you're not you're not afraid to get off the laurels that you've just been resting on because somebody else knocked on your door and said, "Hey, here's another here's another prize to go after. This could be really helpful." So I, I want to thank you for being open minded to listening to the medical community because a lot of times people don't, and I think part of it is our fault. We have we've cried about not having products like this, but what are we doing to help facilitate it? You know, we, you can't read our minds, so we need to, and if, you know, my listeners out there that are in the medical field, if you've got ideas and, and you've seen some of these wearable items, do not hesitate to contact these companies because like Davide, you'd be surprised how many of them are open-minded to, yeah, let, let's talk about this further because in all fairness to people like yourself, Davide, you're busy working on a handful of things that, that take your entire energy up. And so it's, it's going to be really hard for you to see beyond that. But if, if we can come forward and, and present you with a challenge, you might say, you know what, we've got a sensor or part of a sensor, another product that might be good for that. Give me a year and I'll, I'll get back onto that or give me six months. I'm still working this out. So um, we need to come forth. And I think you being open-minded and listening to us is a big thing because, uh, but we just need to, we need to get moving and, and share these desires that we have, uh, the little tweaks that we think might be good for this sensor or that product, uh, because I think we need to step up to the plate. If we want it done, we need to step up to the plate because we're the ones seeing it every day. And if we think that something might be helpful, we have nothing to lose but to approach companies like you. So again, thank you for being open-minded like that and not just resting on your laurels with or resting on the multiple laurels that you have with all the products that you have, because if you want to keep moving forward uh, to help people and um, I think that's the number one. Well, we're all into that. That's that's why we're in the healthcare field, and that's why you're in the wearables because there's intersection there to helping people, and, and we need you very much. So, and so we really appreciate companies like yours that are are doing just that, listening to us. Nice, but a physical therapist is a busy person, and uh, you know there is a clear workflow, uh, and we don't we cannot afford to interrupt that workflow because that's that's how the profession. Is uh, is uh, is uh, is working right now. It has been working like that for for quite a few years. So we we're trying to build a system, and I'm just coming back from ACRM in Chicago, one of the top uh, research uh, conferences for physical therapy in the world. You probably are familiar with them, but uh, they told us exactly. You know, most people told us exactly the same thing you're telling us, which is, look, I don't know which client is going to walk into my clinic tomorrow, I need a system that is multi-product, multi-device, because I have a shoulder patient, I have a knee patient, I have, I don't, you know, and I can't afford to do my job if I have to think, oh, this patient is on this product, and by the way, I need to look at this remote patient monitoring dashboard, oh, that patient is on that product, and I need to look at another remote patient monitoring dashboard. So it is in our best interest to simplify that workflow and create that's why we need to have multiple products because otherwise <laughs> it becomes impossible to change the uh, to change even even slightly the workflow of a physical therapist where we're asking them at seven probably seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning before they get into the clinic to look at look at the single dashboard multiple patients multiple devices but it's the one it's one screen right so um, some patients are red, some, patient, some patients are going to be yellow, some patients are going to be green, right? And, uh, you know, the ones that are red and yellow that you may want to look at, right? So, but you can do it after your busy day at work or you can do it early in the morning, whatever you prefer. It's one, one, you know, one 
browser dashboard. Um, it will take you 15, 20 minutes to do that. Um, it, but it's just one location where all the data resides, right? So uh, you said it multiple times, we have multiple products. So that's, that's the reason why, because people come to us and say, hey, I need this, and we try to <laughs> incorporate what they need into one single view. That's, that's the reason. And there's the beauty in it, the simplicity, the simplicity of one. Yep, exactly. With that. That's, yeah, we're not there yet. It was going to be a journey to build a full system. But yeah, we're making progress, that's for sure. And we can see that. In, in our field, we, we see the changes that are going on, and we, we see where they're moving. And you know, keep in mind that it wasn't that many years ago that if you were in the hospital on a heart monitor, you did not leave the room because you were hooked up to several wires. So it's, exactly. the, the telemetry exactly right. has not been around a real long time. So now we're seeing that technology in the labs. Okay, they're starting to, they're starting to, to look to getting these manufactured where you put a Band-Aid over the, the chest area. You shave a little hair, put the Band-Aid on that, and there's your telemetry. Uh, the patient can go home with it. The battery lasts a few days. You can do continuous cardiac monitoring. You know, so that that's the next step. But it wasn't that long ago. So we're we're very acutely aware that these changes take a while, but we know that they're coming. We've seen some of that progress already. So, you know, yeah. we're we're holding out. We know it's gonna take a while. We'd like it to be here tomorrow, but we also understand that yeah, that's just not the way this AI and the machine learning and all that, it takes a long time. You have to get loads of data. Uh, to v make get all the validity done on that. So yeah, we are aware of that, but we're also very appreciative of companies like yours that are moving forward pretty quickly. And by the way, you do have a very, very large staff, um, very diverse staff as well. So I think that suits your, your style for your company too. I, I just want to, again, give you some kudos for that too, because I think that makes for a more timely move to the market too with these various products. So I think that uh, Sensoria should be applauded for that, that you've, um, you've moved in that particular direction with uh, a diverse team like that. And my last question that I ask all my very special guests is where do you see this particular sector that you're in, in wearables, in five years? Um, five years is always challenging to, to put a timeline and or you know a defined uh, milestone date um, uh, on anything but uh, uh, you mentioned some great examples before of uh, the transformation of technology in hospitals that was uh, tethered to the walls of the hospital and now is uh, more mobile but still within the, the walls of the hospital um, the example that comes to mind is uh, uh, continuous glucose monitoring now that uh, is becoming a true wearable device. It's like uh, a Band-Aid, right? Uh, you, you probably remember what uh, was required of a patient to actually collect, uh, you know, prick a finger and get uh, sugar levels and uh, other data for a diabetic patient a few years ago. Um, so the miniaturization of some of these wearable devices, the concept of wearable devices will transform itself into what we call transparent computing, and that's, that's what we think is going to happen to many of these devices. Um, uh, we think that uh, the number of devices will expand dramatically. The quality of the devices will expand as well. Uh, we think that uh, privacy and regulatory aspects need to evolve uh, to accommodate uh, for, for, for that. 
and we think that uh, both clinicians and patients will have more meaningful and precise data to make diagnostic and therapeutic decisions on in many different fields um, that go well beyond CGM, con uh, continuous glucose monitoring. So what we discussed with Defender, we call it CFM, continuous foot monitoring. <laughs> so it's still diabetes, <laughs> but it's not glucose. It's, <laughs> it's adherence and activity, right? So, 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 so there, there's going to be multiple CXMs uh, that these devices will enable, where X is a variable. Right? <laughs> of course, my geeky, my geeky uh, background comes to comes to putting uh, anything and everything into into an equation equation here, but but. But yeah, the, uh, the remote patient monitoring devices uh, will expand dramatically. Uh, they will help uh, clinicians uh, ex uh, extend the reach uh, across multiple geographies. We have, of course, a re an issue of availability of clinicians, lack of availability of clinicians, not, not just in the US, China has the same issue. So technology is one of the few ways that we can extend the reach and and improve access uh, to, 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 to patients, to, to the healthcare system, without necessarily increasing costs in a linear way, which we cannot afford to do, right? So uh, we don't have a choice. We need to use technology to increase access and, and extend reach. Uh, and, and, and so I'm, I'm encouraged that uh, people, as you said, both clinicians and engineers are more willing to work together and researchers as well. Uh, those fields used to be walled, walled gardens, if you will, uh, and there still are, in many respects, fiefdoms, fiefdoms of that, uh, but, uh, but not always. Uh, we, we see those walls come down very, very quickly in some cases, and, and that will bring, to, will bring us to better science, uh, and better products, and better solutions, and hopefully better diagnostic decisions, less errors, and <laughs> better therapeutic decisions uh, as well. So uh, that's my view for the next uh, for the next five years. I may be an optimist by 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 design, but uh, but yeah, I think it's going is going to be is going to be better than what we have today for sure. I like the point that you brought up about we don't have a choice. Uh, you're right. We have in the United States, there's a large, large and a growing shortage of healthcare professionals. There's hospitals closing around the country because they can't keep them staffed. What are patients going to do? Patients have a hard time getting in to see their, their family practice professional, whether it's a you know, nurse practitioner, a PA or a physician, there's a shortage and they're having a lot of trouble. So what do you do if you have a heart problem? What do you do if you're a diabetic that's this close to being not a control diabetic? Yes, the monitoring is going to be a huge answer. And I think that's full speed ahead like your company is, is doing. And I, I think your point is well taken with that, that we don't have a choice anymore. We've got to do something because, and it's not just the rural areas of, of the country like I live in, but even the, the urban areas, there's shortages. And it's a real it's a real problem when you find out that, well, so-and-so, couldn't get into the hospital uh, they had to stay in the emergency room because they didn't have a bed for them well the bed was there but they only have enough nurses to staff half the, the beds so at that point you got a real problem and monitoring can help solve some of those problems and it may not be the ideal we would all love to be able to see our family doctor whenever we want or if i need to go to the hospital i'll have a bed there for me uh, 
that's just not the reality at this point. Will it change in the next 20 or 30 years? I hope so. But if not, we've we've got the wearables to help us uh, get get through this crisis. Or maybe this is going to become what medicine is. Medicine is going to become remote monitoring. Come periodically to see your practitioner because there's just not enough of them. So instead of rationing health care, we can actually still continue to promote health care through these type of devices. So um, I, I like your take on that, uh, that it's, it's not an option anymore, that, we've, that this is something we've got to move towards. And, and again, your company is moving in that direction. So I think that it's a definite move that we, we have to make. And, and both sides have to be ready for it. We have to be ready for it. And of course, you folks are ready for it because you, you're moving forward with that. So um, I, I like the overall picture of your company and uh, that you're moving forward because we really need that. And so I, I think that's great. So I'm going to let you move forward from here on out with the rest of your busy day. Um, again, Davide, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the show and uh, sharing your insights to your company and uh, the future. And also a little bit about your background so we can uh, get a sense of uh, just what drives these companies that make up the wonderful world of wearables. So, again, Davide, I want to thank you very much for your time and uh, your expertise in um, making the quality of life better for millions of people in the future. Well, I hope so. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. All right. It's a pleasure. All right. And, um, Please also feel free to keep me updated on your next breakthrough technology. Uh, just drop me an email and uh, we can get you back on the show because I'm sure uh, in, the, in the next year or so, you'll probably have something new out there. So we'd love to be able to share that with our listeners. And so please don't hesitate to contact me. Will do. Thank you so much. Are you a startup, wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me 
at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well.